Welcome back to Book Talks Podcast. This is Kayla. And Marissa. And this week we are kind of doing a summary of A Court of Thorns and Roses series, but just the first four books. So we're stopping at A Court of Frost and Starlight. Basically stopping at Feyre's and Rye story. We're probably going to save Silver Flames for season three, which I think is a good thing because Silver Flames is like kind of just completely different, completely different main characters. It's told a different point of view. So I do think it's good that we split it up because at first we were going to do it all together. But to give context, Marissa just finished the series. I think we, we recorded the first episode on the series about the first book. I had a really long time ago, it feels like this at this point. But I read the series probably back in March. So I might have forgotten some things. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I remember everything either. And if you listen to our first podcast episode, I was very pro Tamless. <laughs> And now it's like, I can't even imagine giving him a redemption arc. I'm so mad at him. I feel like every fan who has read all of them is like, when they look at fans who are reading the first book, they're like, oh, it's okay. You'll hate him soon. Anyone who says he deserves a redemption arc, I don't get it. And I don't understand people who ship him with Elaine. I think people just don't want Elaine and As together. So they're just shipping both of them with anybody they can. (laughs) Just give her to someone. (laughs) I also think people don't like Elaine, especially after Silver Flames, people stop liking Elaine. I don't know people's opinions during Elaine throughout all of it. I started not liking her in Silver Flames, I'm going to be honest, which we won't get into because I won't spoil anything. But... I mean, I don't ship her with Az. I love Az. Oh, I love her on Az. But also, okay, picture this, a book written by just Az and Elaine. <laughs> there would be, oh man, it'd be so bad. It would be so boring. <laughs> exactly, that's my point. I'm like, they can't end up together because she can't write a whole book just about the two of them. Yeah, they're just like kind of just that third best friend who's really quiet in the corner. And I just don't really know if we could have her as the main character i feel like she's been setting up for a lucian book lucian lucian and i just don't vibe with that i don't think he needs his own story you don't love him that much anymore you love lucian after book one i did love him after book one like i didn't ship him in pharaoh but i definitely loved him i felt like he was a guy best friend who like you could joke with and all that stuff I even, it's so funny. In book one, I wanted him and Elaine to be together. And now, like, I don't really care who he ends up with. I don't know how I feel about him. Pretty mixed feelings. Okay, we probably should start where we left off, because I feel like we're jumping around a bit. Well, let's give a rundown of where we ended off. We ended off at book one. They're out of Under the Mountain. Feyre saves today. She's now a high fey. She goes home with Tamlin, and Tamlin... I was like scared to let her to do anything because he thinks like she's just gonna die which makes me mad because when she was like this delicate human he let her do all these crazy things and then the minute she's a high fae and like has more power than him he's like nope we're gonna lock her in a, in a house she can't move she can't do anything by herself she's for a dress and I just don't understand this like 180 because it just doesn't make logical sense. The whole thing was 180. Literally, a court of thorns and roses, thorns and roses. I keep saying thrones, but a court of thorns and roses ends with them going home and being in love. And like, yes, Feyre feels guilty about killing those days that she killed to save Tamlin, but they're still in love. Then Mist and Fury opens up with them having like severe PTSD, which I get. But I don't understand, like you said, how Tamlin was just like, now you can 
not do anything. Like, yes, you saved my life, and yes, you are more powerful than anyone else, but I need you to just, like, chill and do nothing. I get it makes sense, the fact that, like, he just watched her get destroyed. Like, he just sat there and couldn't, like, couldn't help while she was just basically tortured. So maybe, like, maybe he, I get why he's being super protective, but... It also goes back to my anger with him, the fact that he just sat there in, in a court in Thorns and Roses. Like, the whole time, like, he acts like, oh, poor me, poor poor this, poor that. He's, like, pitying himself all of Mist and Fury when he didn't do anything to help her. Like, ugh. Like, it makes me mad that time that Rise was able to give them a minute. And the first thing is to try to, like, have sex with her. He doesn't even try to, like, get her to escape or help her or anything. He's just like, oh, like, let's bang right here in a closet. I like, know. I remember that. I remember how mad you were when we talked about that last time. (laughs) I mean, I was mad, too. Like, that's uncalled for. And so, like, that happens. He literally does nothing to help her the entire time. And I do think it was possible for him to help her. Like, I understand he was trying to show no emotions. He was trying to act like he didn't know who she was. But, like, he lost that battle the minute Feyre basically admitted who she was. So I don't really understand why he got that act. Because... It was just dumb at that point. So, like, he period then. So, he didn't do anything to help her. And then the whole mist of period was like, poor me. Like, my girl was taken. Like, my land. I'm like, poor you. Like, freaking Feyre died. How many times? I almost died. How many times? She actually did die and came back to life. And you're here crying. Uh, I cut out. I don't know if it still recorded you, but my thing just completely cut out. I think it's still recorded me, but I just went on a rant about Tamlin and how <laughs> Feyre actually died, and he's over here crying because she, like, because he he couldn't help her. Uh, he just makes me angry. I knew you were mad at the end of Accord of Thorns and Roses. I wasn't as mad at him. I thought he was pretending with Amarantha, and so I was like, it's fine. And then Mist and Fury opened up, and like you said, I got him being overprotective in a way. But he reduced her to no personality. Like, who was she supposed to be to him? She wasn't who she was before, so I'm not sure what his end goal was, who he even loved at that point. And that raises the question of if he, like, really loved her or not. Because I know that was something you brought up before, if he just wanted to love her because of the curse, or if he actually loved her. I feel like he loved the idea of her. I think he wanted to love a woman. He wants. He wanted a wife. He wants a woman. He wanted to break the curse. I think he's lonely and he wanted somebody. And I think the same thing for her. Like I think they fell in love because they were like put in front of each other. It was more of a convenience than like true love. I do think Feyre loved him in book one. But I also think she loved him because she never really knew what love was. She could have had a bit of Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> like where you fall in love with your captor. <laughs> it's so funny because there's so many Beauty and the Beast retelling, which is basically the Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> like it if you really, really think is. about it. <laughs> Who falls in love with the person that kidnaps them? And yet it's something we romanticize as a society with Beauty and the Beast. I think in A Curse of Dark and Lonely, I think she even said, like, I will not fall in love with him. Like, this will not be Stockholm Syndrome. And she did. She fell in love with him. It's always charming when a prince takes you a prisoner, I guess. But, like, in real life, if someone just captured me, like, no matter what they look like, I'm, I'm falling in love with them. 
I actually we talk about this on our other our other ones too. These girls always come from nothing, so it's like in some ways I guess I can see why they'd fall in love because they have nothing. But Farah did have a family. But also Farah's like at the life that Farah describes in chap first couple chapters was awful. Like her sisters are awful <laughs> to her. I really don't. I I think we talked about this. Like I don't understand why she's so loyal to them. She is very loyal. I like that about her though. I do like her loyalty. I think that's why I was so hurt in Mist and Fury with her leaving Tamlin and abandoning him because I was like I like loyalty and. I, I wanted her to give him longer. I wanted her to give him a chance. Yeah, I kind of jump ships easily to rise. The first time we took her back was on her wedding day. So, mm-hmm. okay, I guess we stopped the plot. So she's stuck in this house. Tamla won't let her do anything. And he's basically making her get married and, like, putting her in a giant, like, cupcake dress. Where she, like, does not, like, she's never liked dresses. That's never been her style. And then she's, like... Deep down in her mind, be like, please don't make me do this. And she basically, like, stops in the middle of, like, the wedding ceremony. And then Rise just shows up. And I think from that point on, I was like, Team Rise. I mean, the fact that she couldn't even make it down the aisle is pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know how you come back from that. I don't know how Tamlin could have any dignity left after that. <laughs> or, like, when she came back after a week, she was like, okay, we're going to get married eventually. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> What delusion oh. are you guys living in? What are your thoughts on the priestess of uh oh. I I am so mad. Iante or Iante. I don't know how you say it. Either but I'm so Iante. mad because I liked her. I liked her at the beginning of Mist and Fury. I was like, oh, thank goodness Feyre has a female friend. Like her sisters aren't here and Tamlin's being a jerk. Thank goodness there's this nice female who's planning her wedding for her so she doesn't have to and all this crap. And then she turns out to be a bad guy. <laughs> I was pretty indifferent to her, but I really didn't see her as a threat. I, I yeah. noticed she was like jealous of Tamlin. Like I think she wanted to be Tamlin and then I, she she had her claws in many guys, and she was just a little boy crazy. But I was just kind of like, oh, like, different about her. And then at the end of Mist and Fury, when it... She's just such a bitch. Excuse my language. So Mist and Fury, basically the rest of the story, is just Rise and, and Feyre falling in love. Feyre kind of becoming out of her depression and just like getting better. Living in the Night Court, we meet the Night Court. We meet Cassian as more Amran. Who is your favorite of the the Inner Circle? It's so hard because I like them all individually. So like I love more because she was the first one we we met. But then as the story goes on, I don't like more as much because she's, like, mean to Nesta, and she, like, has her claws in both Az and Cassian, and I'm like, dude, you gotta choose one. And then we find out she's not interested in either, and I'm like, what the hell has been going on this whole time? <laughs> but I think Amryn might be my favorite. She's so snarky and mean. <laughs> but I kind of love it. <laughs> I like her, too. There's parts that I, I don't like her in Silver Flames that I won't elaborate on. But for the most part, I really do like her. Yeah, more. I think more is low-key kind of the worst. 
She yeah. strings as a long. She basically she slept with Cassian for her own game, and she knew like it was it was not, it was not going to go over well. She it was going to screw Cassian over big time with his like with Rise and As too, and like so basically screws Cassian for his own game and then her own gain, and then strings As along for like two hundred years. Poor As. And then, like Iris has been brought up, correct? Right. Like, uh, so what? I, what of what of Moore's backstory do you know? Because I don't want to ruin anything. Well, we know by the end of Wings and Ruin, we know I, I think pretty much everything. I don't know what's revealed in Silver Flames, but we know she was supposed to marry Eris, and then she don't want to, so she slept with Cassian. And her whole reasoning, ah, uh, it made me so mad when she told Feyre. Yeah, like, I could have slept with Az, but I didn't want to break his heart, so instead I slept with his best freaking friend, Cassian. I was like, really? You didn't want to break his heart, so so that was the route you went? <laughs> That's why I think she's the worst. I Everyone loves her, and I might get so much hate for this, but I just don't think she's considerate of others. I think she is kind of like Regina George, where she thinks she's fabulous, and yeah. she can sleep with whoever she wants, and yeah. she's going to do it in front of whoever she wants to. Like, there are the guys she sleeps with in front of Az. Oh, from, like, the day court or one of the other courts, that guy who, like, he sleeps with, like, everyone, he's bisexual or whatever, and she literally sleeps with him loudly with Az in the house. I think Az and Cassian left. Because they were, like, going at it. And then the next morning, she wasn't even happy because she didn't really want to sleep with him. She just wanted to do it to throw Az off the scent. And I was like, you bitch. Like, it makes me so mad. I also, I'm saying this because I just think there's something more to the whole Iris story. And it's I, I just my deep down gut feeling. Nothing has been revealed. It's just, like, a thought. Like, I think there's something more to it. And I don't think he's a complete bad guy. I don't think he is either because he said something when they were, she, I guess her family like nailed, put nails in her stomach. And I don't know what else happened, but she was tortured or something. I, she hasn't told the full story, but Eris said something about like, do you think I wanted that to happen to her or something like that? Where maybe you get the feeling if he could have stopped it, he would have, or he wasn't a part of it. But she definitely blames him for it. Yes. And I feel bad for the way her family treated her. I feel bad for the way she grew up. Like, I do sympathize for her. I just think she went about it all wrong. She could have just slept with, like, no one they knew. Like, she was in this hilarious camp with a bunch of guys. Like, find someone you don't know. Don't ruin Cassian as his friendship. Or how about just flee your family like I think Rise would have probably taken her in it's not like she had to sleep with someone to absolutely ruin her honor or whatever I mean she could have just left eventually like you know like I feel like there was a different avenue than literally sleeping with Az's best friend and then stringing Az along for 200 years <laughs> yeah the whole stringing Az along okay. for 200 years just that's the one that gets me like just tell him. Just be like, I, I just don't like you, as Like, I'm sorry. Like, maybe, like, after the first 50 years. Not 200 years. But, yeah, that's my stake on I think more is the worst. I do really love Cassian and Az's friendship. Although, in Court of Frost and Starlight, 
I think I realized that Rise and Cassian are also best friends, which I don't know why it didn't click in my head that those two are really close. Because the whole time I just had this bromance between Az and Cassian. <laughs> like, their bromance is adorable. Well, Cassian and Az do live together where Rise lives separately. And Rise was away for 50 years under the mountain. So I feel like, I do feel like Az and Cassian are closer. I love Az. I do. I love Cassian. <laughs> uh, I love the memes literally of them. everything I want. As is like quiet but dangerous, and then he's like he's attentive. Like I love how attentive he is, especially with Elaine. This is probably why I ship them. But he is so kind with her and sweet with her, and like listens to her when no one else listens to her. Like when she was talking about all her visions. Which I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm just saying uh, there is something so amazing about Az. Like I just love him. No, the whole fandom smooths over him. I just love how goofy Cassian is. Despite Cassian going through like shit, like he's so positive and so goofy. Like he doesn't let any of it really bring him down, and that's what I really love about him. And that's why I think he's perfect for Nesta. I love. I, I shipped them the minute they were like, uh, I don't know, like he kind of put her in her place in Mist and Fury. And I was like, yeah, like, finally someone can, like, go toe-to-toe with her. At the end of Mist and Fury, when his wings have literally been shredded, and she's being forced into the cauldron, and he's still reaching for her. Oh, that's when I just was like, they're meant to be together. They have to be together. Did you read the bonus chapter? No, I, I, did, I haven't read it. You'll you'll like it. It's it's just okay. basically Cassian and Nesta. I feel like we just talked about... I literally forgot the whole plot of Mr. Fury. I basically just remember falling for Feyre and Rise. Okay, question. Do you think chapter 55 was worth the hype? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of hype around it. There's a lot of merch. I heard a lot about it. And, like, I did like it a lot, but... <laughs> I feel like they had a lot of good scenes that were outside of chapter 55. I thought the best, their best chapter was when they're alone in that hotel together and they have to share a bed because it's just so typical. I love when authors do that, when they're like, oh no, we're stranded in a hotel and there's only one bed. You know, <laughs> like, I thought that was when Rise and Feyre were like, okay, this is it. I feel like that should be the chapter that's, like, really glorified. But chapter 55 was good. I liked it a lot. (laughs) I really liked chapter 54, actually, because it really tied in everything. Like, things I didn't even, like, think that mattered. I feel like 54 just painted me a map of Rise's life. And I'm like, well, it all makes sense now. Is that the one where he talks about how when he was with Amarantha, he had like visions of Feyre or something and sent her visions of stars. Yes. Ah, yeah. That was, uh, that was interesting because that did finally tie the story together. I feel like that was a really monumental chapter. I mean, I just like the way it kind of summed everything up. In Mist and Fury, it's a lot of her training, learning her powers, and then they're looking for that book. The book to defeat Hyburn. I like when they were in the summer court. I like how like Feyre and Mars are like make each other jealous. I really like yeah. Arm Arm Emrin with that guy. Varian, yeah. <laughs> I love when he. She's like, I don't know if he like 
wants to kill me or he loves me or like something like that like he like didn't know himself no i really like that chapter a lot i really like that part my favorite part also is that like cassian's banned from the summer court because he like blew up a building (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like the summer court a lot too i felt very inspired by the summer court and the what's the guy's name tarquin tarkin I could have shipped him and Feyre. Like, if Rise hadn't been in the picture, I could have shipped them. I really liked him. I was a big fan of her. I feel like her in the Summer Court was, like, her becoming her individual self. I'm kind of glad, like, she didn't just, like, hop into that with Rise the minute she was in the Night Court. He gave her her space to be single and figure out her shit, and I I like that she wasn't just, like, Boom, me and Rise. I don't really believe that this is a hate to lovers of Rise and Feyre. I don't really feel like there was a point. There was never a point that Rise hated Feyre. It was definitely like right. a one-sided hate. And like, did Feyre really hate Rise? <laughs> she didn't like him because she only saw him through Tamlin's eyes. And he was also playing the part when they met. So he like showed up as the bad guy. And then he ended up not even being the enemy. He literally kept her alive in the first book. So <laughs> I agree. I don't really think it was a hate to love. And I also feel like the first time she saw Rise, she said that he was like the most beautiful man she's ever seen before she knew oh, who he that's was. right. Because they met at Kalamai or whatever that um, party was called. And she was, and this guy, he came, he's like, I've been looking for you, which I love that that pulled into where he's literally has been looking for her forever because he's seen her in these visions. And she literally was like, this is the most beautiful man I've ever seen. And I, I really, <laughs> so I don't think it's a hate lover. I think people consider it as a hate lover. I don't think it is. Did you like how the serial came back into play? How he basically, you know, how he said, oh, stay with the High Lord. Did you like how he... It was not the High Lord we thought it was. I did. I love that the serial made an appearance in every book. And I'm confused. Like, is there only one serial in the whole kingdom? Because every time she needed answers, she happened to trap that serial. But but I think, like, he sought her out as well. And, yeah, no, I did like how it, it circled back to... He was talking about staying with Rise, and I also loved his final words to her. What did he say? I forget. I forget what their interaction was in Wings and Ruin. I just remember them in Mist and Fury when he basically was like, oh, you're made. <laughs> yeah. No, he, in in Wings of Wings and Ruin, he told her to leave the world a better place. This series has had, like, incredible lines. I don't, I don't know where she gets them from. But, yeah, we've kind of talked about bits and pieces of Mist and Fury, but that's kind of, like the gist of it i'm not gonna plot it out i don't get how tamlin could have thought that was a good idea bringing his bringing her sisters there in what world was this gonna get favor back for you i <laughs> literally even if you go with his logic like even if you follow it through he was thinking okay we get her back and then i'll pretend to be on highburn's side but i won't really be on highburn's side regardless you have now turned the only two people in her life that she loves you have turned them into fae you have given them over to the enemy like in what world does this work out where she's like yes tamlin great idea i love you and want you back (laughs) i just don't get it (laughs) i do know that tamlin didn't think they were gonna be put in the cauldron and turned into fae because i know when that happened tamlin was like this was not part of the deal what are you doing 
But I don't actually know what the point of him bringing the girls were, unless it was just to bargain, like, um, to get Faye to come back, to get Faye, to get Faye to come back to him. I don't know the why he brought them to Highburn. I really don't. Or was it an Ianthe? I don't, I, yeah, I just don't understand the logic of why her sisters were there. Yeah, Ianthe was involved. I know she, she like, I think she found them. them. Yeah. And I also, like, this was after Feyre has told him, like, three times that, like, she doesn't want to come home with you. Like, she wrote him a letter. She told Lucy into his face. Like, when are you going to get the hit, Tamlin? <laughs> yeah, so that's book two. So they try to infiltrate Highburn to get the cauldron, and they basically get captured. And Feyre does this big pull away to look like she broke this... She, she I forget what she did. But, oh, so Hyron broke the bond like the pact that her and Rise made, but not their like mating bond. But Fair acted like her mating bond was broken and she came to light and she was like, Yes, Samlin, take me home. Um <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty clever. I don't I would have never thought to do that. <laughs> when I was reading it I thought Rise thought she was serious until like they got back to Night Court and Rise was like no, she's my spy. Um, oh, yeah. He played along, too. And I thought she was breaking his heart. I felt bad for him. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Like, does he, like, he has to know. And we heard, like, Feyre's and Mongo was like, get my sisters out of here. Like, she was thinking, like, basically trying to, like, communicate with them to get, like, his her sisters out to the night court. And he's all there, like, heartbroken and looking so sad. And I was like, he has to know she's faking. And then the minute they get home, he's like, yeah, she's my spy. I'm my high lady. And I was like, what the heck, Rise? <laughs> it's set up for a great beginning in Wings and Ruin with yes. her in the spring court. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I played this song to Marissa. I don't know. I guess I'll play it now. So this song literally describes Feyre in the spring court in Wings and Ruin. It's from... Disney Channel's uh, Lemonade Mouth, and it's She's So Gone. Should I play it? Is this, am I going to get in trouble? Oh, we don't make any money off this podcast, so I think we're fine. Can you hear it? Yeah. Okay, does that not describe Feyre in, like, every word of that part? No, it definitely does. She it's even grew wings! Song. She's learning how to fly! <laughs> That's true. It's definitely the perfect song. When she was with Tamlin, in the beginning she was, like, insecure, and, like, she loved Tamlin because she didn't really know what love was, like, what real love was, and then she she learned herself and how to fly, and then she was so gone, and then she destroyed his entire court. <laughs> which was kind of awful in hindsight which I think she knows like in hindsight that that was kind of bad to have done especially since they needed his court to face Highburn but it was very satisfying at the start of that book to literally just have her dismantle everything and also like all the things she did with with Lucian pretending they were in the room together having a moment or with Ianthe when she stole the spotlight like got the god's blessings or whatever it was just very satisfying to read I feel like that was needed like there was no other way for her to get out 
logically in my head, that was the only way. She had to do everything. She had to destroy Anthe's fingers to get out. I forget what she did to those twins. The twins? They poisoned her. Took her magic. Oh, I know. That was... I thought that was actually pretty brilliant that they were poisoning her the whole time i thought something was up because her senses were dimming she was having a harder time hearing rise but i just thought i don't know what i thought i didn't think she was being poisoned but then when it was revealed they poisoned her i was like oh makes sense (laughs) i didn't think either i thought they just couldn't communicate because they weren't that they were pretty far from each other but he also heard her from the wedding so i guess i wasn't really thinking about that I read those first pages so fast because I just wanted her and Rise to be back together again. I was really worried the entire that entire time that Tamlin was gonna figure out she wasn't really devoted to him, like he was gonna try and sleep with her or something like that, and she'd have to reveal herself because obviously at the end of Wings and Ruin or at the end of uh, Mist and Fury, she pretends she'd been bewitched by Rise the entire time. So I was like, crap, is she going to have to, like, get back together with Tamlin? But she played it off really well as, like, still being scared. Like, oh, I don't want to be touched that way. But I was so worried that Tamlin was going to figure it out and then be be, uh, his beast of a self. (laughs) I do feel like he's just, like, a brute and he's not that smart. I didn't think he was a brute in the first book, but after seeing how he treats her and Lucian, literally the only two people in the world who ever liked him, like, okay, yeah, you can't treat people like that. Like, he is a brute. I don't feel any remorse for his court being ruined. I think someone else, like, I, someone else should just take charge, make another court or something. Well, and this happened in, um, I think this happened in Wings and Ruin. Oh, this might have, actually, this might have been Mist and Fury. But even this, like, when those, uh, the farmers didn't have enough money to pay his stupid tithe, and he's like, okay, you have 24 hours, and then I'm going to kill you or something. Like, I don't know, but it was ridiculous. And it's like, I understand that as the leader, you have to enforce the rules, but that's not the type of ruler people want to serve. Like, you have to do it gracefully and like even even um Feyre giving her jewelry to those people and being like here use this to pay it like I don't want him to hurt you it's like okay if even your future wife has to defend people against you that should tell you you're not a very good person he's just not a good leader he was not meant to lead and I just feel like someone else should take over I guess we can go to the war so basically Feyre runs away from Tamlin, destroys his whole court. With Luci- Lucian follows her, goes with her because he wants to get to Elaine. Oh yeah, Elaine and him are mated. Whenever you were telling me that you love Elaine and you want him and Lucian to be Lucian to be together, I was like, oh, they're gonna have a mating bond. They're gonna be so happy about it. I know. And then they were mated, and I was. I think it's just because I was so mad at Lucian when he. We, I mean, we talked about it when he lunged for Feyre and tried to force her back to the Spring Court. That really severed my bond with him. Like, I loved him up until that point. And then, yes, he has redeemed himself, but I don't think he deserves Elaine just because they're mated. And I think it's very clear she is not into him. Do you like that? Because I know you, you always don't like mating because you like the, the choice of decision. Do you like that this is like a mating bond that's not? enforced i like that elaine gets to choose i mean i i think with the mating bonds they've said everyone gets to choose so yeah like i mean i i appreciate i guess that sarah is showing a mating bond where they have the choice and they're choosing not to i do kind of feel bad for lucian though because 
he obviously wants to be with her. <laughs> so it's like he's mated to her, but she's not reciprocating. So I don't know if that means he'll like forever be chasing after her. But I mean, I like Elaine. I know you said your feelings to her, to her have changed and other people don't like her. So far, I like her and I think she's sweet. And I just want her to be happy because I feel like her happiness was so dimmed after she became a fae. I feel like Lucian, like, he doesn't even know her. Like, Fair and Rai's mating bond makes sense. They they got to know each other before it really clicked in. I don't know any of their examples at this point. But for freaking, like, Lucian to be like, I love her. Like, he doesn't even know her. Yeah, I that, see. That's the thing. Like, I don't really believe in love at first sight. At least at, the way Lucian is doing it, where literally after she got thrown in the cauldron and then she's pulled out, and he's his eyes just light up, and he's like, "Oh, that's my mate." And now it's like he's gonna follow her to the ends of the earth. I'm like, dude, you do not know this girl. She could be a freaking psycho. <laughs> like, like I don't get it. I don't. I mean, I guess that just shows how strong the mating bond is. But for, like, Rise and Feyre, like, it didn't even snap into place until they talked a couple times. He describes that it snapped into place whenever he was, like, saying bye to her on top, like, under the mountain. And that's, like, when it snapped. Oh, yeah. They actually had a couple conversations. Got to see, like, oh, yeah, like, we're de- this is this girl's pretty decent human being. Like, yeah, he had these visions of her. But, like, at that point, he really didn't think anything of it. Like, he just kind of accepted it for what it was. Like, he didn't really think like oh this girl's my he maybe i think he had an inkling but he wasn't like could be like oh this girl's my mate like he was just like oh like let's see what fair is doing and then it like still clicked in the place and he still was like oh like let's give her a chance like he was gonna let her marry tamlin and they were like in his head he, they were mated he only showed up because she called for help he was willing to let her go and let her marry tamlin even though he was mated to her so i don't know what lucian's problem is <laughs> He needs to get a grip. I think it's just because he has no one. Like, his family doesn't want him. His court doesn't want him. His father isn't really even his father. And now Tamlin doesn't want him. Now Lane doesn't want him. Like, he literally has no one. (laughs) I kind of feel bad for him now. No, I, I feel like, I don't know, it was a, uh, I feel like these are just healthier description of bonds. Like, when we go back to, I'm going to bring up Crave again, because it's all I do. Um, <laughs> it's literally the worst book ever. Like, Grace would just, like, snap into bonds of people left and right. <laughs> She's like, I made it to Jackson. Oh, wait, you said that was fake and my real mate's Hudson? Got it. I'll keep me with Hudson now. And I think it's probably like, I mean, maybe that's why you hate like, bonds so bad. Because... <laughs> my first introduction to mating bonds. It's freaking Grace. So, like, I don't know, like, Rise and I feel like they were, like, a healthy description of, like, yeah, maybe, like, this is fate, but, like, it's still a choice. Yeah, it's. I do like that it's a choice and that, you know, like you said, Rise and Feyre took time. She didn't fall for him right away. I think she definitely liked him. Like, as you said, she knew he was gorgeous. And she obviously knew he helped her under the mountain. And she probably knew, like, at that point, okay, he's not the villain I thought he was. He could be a good guy. And then it was just slow. It was just a gradual build. I mean, Mist and Fury is a big book. It's like 700 pages. 
So it took a while for them to get to the point where they were they were together. So I do think that helped. I think the contrast with Lucian is very um very evident what a healthy mating bond looks like compared to an unhealthy one. It was definitely a slow burn. And he taught her how to read. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why do, couldn't Tamlin help her to read? But he didn't want her to read. He wanted her to be illiterate. He wanted her to be his little doll. Rise wants her to be smart and independent. I just, I just love them. I also like that Rise made her high lady because that was something Tamlin brought up when he stormed into the meeting and said the terrible things he said. But one of the things he said was, oh, so because you couldn't be high lady of my court, I see you found, you know, you're sleeping with whoever will make you high lady. And it's like he threw it out like it was an insult. But at the same time, you're kind of like, okay, but Tamlin, why wouldn't you have made her high lady? What, you know, like, were you threatened by her? Like, Ryan sees her as an equal and wants her to rule by his side because he thinks she can make the world a better place. Meanwhile, Tamlin's just like, oh, no, there's no such thing as a high lady, sweetie. Like, go paint. (laughs) He wants her to be a housewife. He wants her to be a 50s housewife and be home cooking and having babies for him while he's out there working. Which... I think she was fine with in book one, but I think she would have been happier if she hadn't had the experience she'd had under a, like under the mountain. I think maybe she could have been who he wanted for a while. I, I we've talked about this in our lives. Like, I don't know, like you said, like until you moved, you were like this really bright person. And like, I always say like before my parents were, so I used to just be like a ray of sunshine all the time. And I just feel like once trauma hits like that, those your life just becomes like less, your mind just becomes less simple. Just the simple things just don't make you happy anymore. I don't know if you relate to that, but like I used to be much happier with the simple things in life before my parents divorced. And then like, I don't know, I reached like my first thing and like difficulty in my life. I don't know, like the simple things just didn't make me as happy as they used to. Grief and trauma and all that stuff definitely changes you. And, and once you've been changed, I think like it's, for a while, I know for me, I always just wanted to go back to who I was because I thought who I am now can't possibly be who I am because I thought who I was for the longest time. But once trauma hits, you are different whether you like it or not. And you do kind of have to accept who you are and figure out who you are. I mean, Sarah really tried at the start of Mist and Fury. I mean, she really tried. She wore all the dresses. She went along with the wedding plans. She did everything she could to make Tamlin happy, and it just wasn't enough, and it would never be enough. So she had to leave, and obviously we got the story we did, and the ending we did, and we're happy, but I think part of the story is learning that something so traumatic can change you, and that it's okay to change. I usually don't love war books because I get anxious when I'm reading, but I like, I like wings and ruin like i i kind of i didn't enjoy the war but like i was eager to see what happened like i wanted to know how everything unfolded i wanted to know how like they were gonna win because i just feel like we weren't gonna let hybrid win like <laughs> imagine we were this whole like three books and like hybrid just took over <laughs> well they have to win somehow and i was like how the hell are they gonna win like they're so outnumbered so i really was like it kept me on my seat i like I like the Boys Room. I like all of the books, but I didn't mind the war scenes, and I'm not a big war book kind of gal. I was surprised how much I liked Wings and Ruin. It ended up actually being easily one of my favorites 
I mean, the quotes in the second book definitely take the cake, but the third book was very good and had enough action, but also romance. And then it also gave us a lot of background on, or at least more background on the characters. Like, I think that's where we learned a lot about more. And we definitely learned more about Az, although, again, like, we don't really know that much about Az. <laughs> like, like, it's weird how there's a whole fandom for him, and he really has a very limited part in all these books. He says, like, six words and we all swoon. <laughs> I think it's just because he's so broken, and we all love a broken man. <laughs> I am eager to, like, get more from him. Like, I want more things in his point of view. Well, that's another thing. I thought since the third book was so full of war, we would for sure lose someone from the inner circle. I thought so, too. Whenever, like, I I kind of wish, not that I wish someone died, but I just feel like it would be more realistic if someone died. And I just feel like Amron coming back and Rise coming back to life was just like a little far-fetched. I mean, everyone who died literally came back to life. In the book one, Feyre died, she came back to life. And then Amron died, came back to life. Rise died, came back to life. Even like Cassian almost dying at the end of the second book, almost dying in the third book, but never dead. Not that I wanted Cassian dead, but it's just like, okay, Someone from the inner circle would not have made it out of that war alive if it was as bad as the book said it was. I feel like it would have made sense if, like, Amron just didn't come back. And, like, the whole point of Amron trying to read those books is, like, for her to go back to where she came from. And so I just don't get her coming back. I also think it would have made her sacrifice so much bigger. Not that, like, not that her sacrifice isn't still big, but... She literally died to save them, and then they were like, just kidding, she's, she's going she's gonna to make it. We're going to bring her back to life. So, like, she didn't really die for anything, one. And, two, like you said, she wanted to go home. She had a whole scene in one of the books where she talks about who she was versus who she is now and how she wants to go back to who she was. Yeah, I could just don't really – like. I just feel like it's just a little unrealistic that they all lived. I wanted Rise to be to come back to life. Like, heck, if Rise died, I'm going to just jump right now. But Amron, I just I didn't feel like she needed to come back to life. I mean, I like her. I'm glad she's alive. But, like, it just would have made the story a little better if she didn't. And when you read this, like, huge war book, and literally the only person of importance that dies is the dad that's in, like, two scenes of the entire series. <laughs> he literally, he's he's in the first book where he sends his child off with Tamlin, and he's like, don't come back. <laughs> and then he's in this book where he's like, he's like, I brought an army. Okay, I'm going to die now. And that's it. That's all we have. <laughs> And, like, that's the big death that we're supposed to, like, like, this beautiful death. But it wasn't. Like, I think Amryn sacrificing herself would have been this, like, beautiful thing. And they would have all mourned her. But, like, they all would have known she was in a better place and, like, where she was belong. But, yeah. Um, anything else we're forgetting? I guess we didn't talk about anything of Frost and Starlight. But say what you said earlier. <laughs> about Frost and Starlight? Yeah. Oh. It's basically just a a, Chris, a Hallmark Christmas movie, but without the plot. Like I think I said, the whole plot is whether Nesta comes to the solstice party or not. 
That is literally the whole plot. The entire book is them shopping for gifts, talking to each other, and wondering, will Nesta come to the party? Has she has she told you she's coming to Oh, she hasn't told me. Like, like that is the whole plot. <laughs> yeah, I just feel book. like it was like one giant cute. epilogue. I can't imagine, like, waiting an entire year after Wings and Ruin to get this. <laughs> It's, like, could you imagine waiting a year for this? It honestly wasn't needed, in my opinion. I, I guess, okay, that's not right, because you said it sets up for Silver Flames, and I can see how it does, because it shows us basically how messed up Nest is. But if I had waited all that time for this book, after the war with Highburn, I would have expected something pretty magnificent, and it really was just, the epilogue to Highburn. Yeah, is there anything else? No, I mean, I, I liked the series. I'm glad I read it. I feel like Sarah has ruined me for most books because nothing really compares to her writing. Like, I, I mean, everyone who listens knows I'm big about the writing. And so now that I've read things by Sarah, it's really hard to read other things and not compare it to her writing because it's just amazing. I can't go back. I feel like every fantasy book I'm, I read, it's just comparing it to Akatar and Throne of Glass and Crescent City. I think back to the I quote of JLA because they were like questioning about the Fun Blood and Ash series, and they're like, and everyone was questioning like the love interest will stay together, and she's like, "Who hurt you?" and was it Sarah? Because like she just she really just like affects the reading community and like our reading fears like we're all just scared like the main like our main love interest is going to break apart because she does it so well but that's that thanks for listening this is kayla and marissa have a good night and follow us on book talks podcast on instagram and tiktok